Any recording? We'll not do it because Doug started the call. Um, no, it says it's starting. starting. Oh, oh we're groovy. Okay. Now, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. All, All right. right. That should show up for yeah. Doug in the morning. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Good night again, Doug. Good night. Sweet dreams. <laughs> what dreams may come? Say wet dreams may come. What? What dreams may come? That's oh, what the, dreams? Uh, okay. That comes from the musical. His ham. His whole Hamlet thing. Um, just grew. Oh, I see. It's a private joke. It's not just a Robin Williams reference. I see. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, Moon Age Daydream. Put your ray gun up to my head, and you know, presumably do something with that gun. But that uh, hunky dory. Um, he's touching the back of his head. The men who sold the world also touching his head. Top of his head in this case. And then uh, on the man who sold the world again, we have She Shook Me Cold, mm-hmm. Mother, She Blew My Brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some uh, there's some uh, brain blowing going on here. I just said she I just saw a line. She took my head and she smashed my what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's an important one. But I was going to get that later. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the width of a circle, that's an important one, for sure. He mentions, uh, uh, how do you say that name? Khalil? Uh, Khalil Gibran. That's mm-hmm. a, he, did the, he did The Prophet? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get to that later. It's important later. So, uh, Jason, what about this as a uh, kind of addendum or something, or slightly alternate theory of, uh, mm-hmm. so the Babylon working... And then Bowie is born as the Scarlet Woman. And well, he's but, born upside down as a Scarlet Woman, so yeah. But but it's conjoined, so he's he's it's a syzygy with him and his brother, and then his brother dies, and then that part gets um, incarnated as Lana yeah, in eighty five. It does, it does kind of seem his that brother. Way, but what's the deal with his brother? His brother was forty seven, I think. So that's there's that forty seven again. Is it is it like so the, so he had the lovers card that he did, and you know when you said that if did he say that that was inspired by the Crowley deck? Yeah, um, and yeah, then there's, this is big, there's a big PDF article that I can send you where they they go into like why it is. Okay, because the yeah, thing so is is a, that is that the that lovers car- brothers, yeah. Right, it's Romulus mm-hmm. and Remus right. in the Crowley deck. Right. So is that like the brothers? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. He's, he's he's pretty. Explicit and then it's death that. that you know. Of the cards that he chose, you know, because he didn't do all twenty-two, right? He chose these cards, like it's like a yeah, reading. Yeah. It's like his own reading. Yeah. He like painted his reading. Is what we're looking at, right? One, yeah. two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's a yeah. reading. What does yeah, it recommend? What's the recommendation in in Book of Thoth for a reading? How many cards does he say? Because he doesn't have like the Celtic cross standard tarot setup. He has like a certain amount of cards that you lay out just alongside. Isn't that right? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Uh... Four directions in the center. Yeah, it's like it's towards the end of the book of Thoth. He gives he gives um, recommendations for how to do a reading. And doesn't he say something crazy like you shouldn't do one for less than fourteen hours or some shit? But he's got to spend at least fourteen hours with a reading. I think he said that there. Maybe he said it elsewhere. Um, but yeah, towards um, the end. Further action or something. First operation. Yeah, the pack being in front of you. Yeah, this is what we're looking at. Yeah, that's it. Signifier. Um, no, that was it. Hold on. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, you know. Yeah, these four Jeez, stacks. Card, the 
So you end up with first X. Oh no, this is something else. Yeah, count the. Well, this is on Monday, and so. Right, but he had, well, but, but the point being is that if, okay, if okay. freaking David Bowie was doing a, a recommended tarot reading from from Crowley and then ended up with these cards or whatever, who knows? But uh, I, I don't think he was. I think he was uh, doing a, like a statement of intent here. Mm. They're like they're gonna be lovers and they're gonna die and there's gonna be a star and a moon and a world. And a new and, world, yeah. Yeah, and he also integrates art and the fool and the magus with those and. Like, yeah, the article goes into that as to why mm. it's a complicated symbolic uh, has to do with the colors. Yeah. So. Are those big paintings like the Lady Frida Harris ones were? Yeah, I think they are big paintings. Um, yeah. It says. Uh, the, the Lady Frida. 34 Harris by 23 paintings, inches. They, they were big. Yes. I, did, I didn't know that. I know. Me neither. For a long time. Like, I found a whole thing on it. Uh, I can try and find it for you. It's been a while. But uh yeah, so apparently those are those are all not only are those seventy eight huge paintings, but for each one of those, many paintings were burnt. They oh. said they destroyed all the all the like she would produce one, and if it was wrong, she would he wouldn't have her like paint over it. He would just have her start over over and over and over again. And so those paintings exist somewhere. Wow, in the world, I wonder where, right? Where's the <laughs> OTO? Uh, a facility that has 78 massive paintings. My God. Agartha. Yeah, that's that's some like uh, you know some elite shit. If you're in that room, man, you're like, okay, I, I've made it somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool to like reproduce them? Just like have them all blown up for like a film and have somebody walk into a room and it's just like, oh, here's the original 78 Lady Frida Harris paintings of the tarot, like. They never saw them as cards in their lifetime. Neither Lady Frida Harris or Aleister Crowley. They were only made right, in cards right. long after their death. Yeah, wow. I think I think in the seventies even. Or sixties maybe. You might be right though. Yeah, whatever. Um, the point yeah, is, I, yeah, it's somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, not to get too far. Anyways, on Hunky Dory, you know, he's touched the back of his head. Um, so, and you may know something about uh, the Hebrew letter Kof. If I'm pronouncing that right, I'm probably not. Cough? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cough, yeah. Back of the head? Oh, koof. Oh, okay, yeah. Back of the head. The yeah. deeper layer. Koof, koof means back of the head, and it corresponds to the moon, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Yeah, well, and then uh, reish means front of the head and corresponds to the sun. Exactly. So what do you know about that? What do I know about it? Yeah, just I, I'm curious. Uh, I know that it depends on the mystery school, but it's it's a common belief that's held that that is actually relating to the sun is is the um, pituitary and that the pineal is is the moon because the because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the core of your brain where your pineal gland is and it's in the, kind of in the front part where your where your pineal gland is and those are the two medial glands and so mm-hmm. Keter is is uh, commonly uh, translated in Kabbalistic texts as middle brain. So, like, basically the medial, the medial point. So you have the corpus callosum connects the two hemispheres, but then you have the, these these organs. And so it's not the organs themselves necessarily. It's the dynamics of the structure of what humanity is that we also see in trees and lightning and everything. So, and it relates to the Fibonacci sequence. But it's just this this point that it's like the highest point that is still not the Ainsof. So the highest point is actually beyond that, but that's as close as we get. So as high as you can get, so to speak, is your is, um, you know, is is that. But 
the medial point of the brain. So the idea is, too, is that we have two pillars and ultimately those pillars in the world that is to come become one pillar. Mm-hmm. So that's what they symbolized on 9-11 with the destruction of the two towers. Well, right, right, right. You know, and then you right, have the right. being replaced by the One World Trade Center. It's that the two become one. And right, so the idea is that our, our that we have like a serial processor and a parallel processor, our right and left brains, uh, and that basically those are, those are to mutate. So that's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. into one thing. Mm-hmm, and so, and mm-hmm. but but we see on the inner level is where we see the change first introduced only in the external is that's the that's the last to be to be manifest so that's the thing with like the nominal realm right that's a mm-hmm. theosophical term like i like it blavatsky uses the word nominal and i love it i never mm-hmm. you can't find that in a dictionary i don't think but it's like phenomenal things that stand out in space the nominal world is what is there but isn't standing out is so it, it's like is, the is contractive she saying, side she's saying noumenal like a uh, const term noumenal noumenal might be it and i might yeah, be getting it wrong are you educating that, me what do you got that's from Kant. That's from Immanuel Kant. Like that's oh, the thing in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing in itself relates to noumenal. The noumenal, and then the phenomenal, which is the empirical world. Right, which are opposites. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or not actually opposites necessarily, well, it, but like a, a continuum. And here are Kant, two sides of the continuum. Yeah, Kant said you could never get to the noumenal because you're always sort of. Uh, um, you, you're always bound by all these different categories of thought, including space and time. Um, oh, right. So that's kind of like uh, Jung in his chapter in Man and His Symbols, uh, where he's he says his frustration, which some of even of his his longest best students was that they they couldn't get that the subconscious is subconscious, that the archetypal realm is not is something that we can infer, we can represent, but we can't quite you know it's not static so there's no way to in there being no way to pin it down you don't act, it, it remains sub, subconscious like you, you there's no end to it so like you don't you can't so even though they'll say for brevity make the subconscious conscious he stated in that book that not necessarily which, which one of his books did you say that uh well it's 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 not man and his symbols is not oh, Jung's okay. book yeah, but he did yeah. like i think the introduction and right. a chapter so yeah yeah, I wonder because if you, yeah, you read the red book and it seems like he did get there. Yeah. Um. Right. He has. Well, he well, it's this thing of like of like the nature of what it is that we're talking about, because people keep relate. People had kept relating to him like the archetypes or something that they knew they knew intimately. And it's like he's like, well, not in terms of your like your processing. You have two processors on one level. You get it directly. And on another side, you're you, you're always inferring. And so don't take the inference to be the thing. He's kind of just saying what Krishnamurti says, honestly. Well, it's, it's, it's goes back to that, that Bowie line of, uh, I don't want knowledge, I want certainty, right? Like, uh, exactly. And that, that was a split with uh, Kant and then the, uh, the later German idealists, right? The, they said, we can get to the noumenal. And that, mm. that's sort of going back to the the mm-hmm. earlier mystical tradition with with Eckhart. right, but aren't you there already? Like, there's no re yoga. Yeah, you know? well, that's in Buddhism. Yeah, Nirvana is samsara, right? Like a. Um, Anyways, well, yeah, Nirvana, the man who sold the world. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, to get to Nirvana, you got to go through the man who sold the world here, and the man who sold the world is touching the top of his head. Um, and then in the tunnel, we've got this new cover, and she again is touching her head, which I, I found pretty interesting. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Like she's a uh, completing the the pattern here with uh, the hunky dory up here. Mm-hmm. We also have him touching his head in two places. So there's a co right there. Right. 
I got you. Yeah, so it's like, you know, she's going to hit you in the head with her gun and in the path of the abyss here. You ever notice that that's like totally across is Dalit and Gimel? And it's like we have the the the, the high priestess and mm-hmm. the empress, so it's like yeah. this cross with the feminine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, Bowie's like a like a girl on the empress card, of course. And then the empress ha- in the rider deck would have the river behind her, and then the mm-hmm. high priestess would have the ocean. So it's mm-hmm. like the ocean leading to the river, and supposedly it's all the same river running through the cards. It starts at the high priestess. Yeah, and, and then then in the Statue her, of Liberty, <laughs> which is why I like that, she, exactly. that he's on, he's on blue there in the High Priestess card. It's kind of like I don't know, there's something yeah. to that. But what are those across the across the floor? Is that is those oh. what cards on the album cover? What is that? Those are playing cards. They're oh so, oh shit. <laughs> Just regular uh, playing cards. Right, but but if you if you if you add twenty two plus four, you get yeah. seventy eight. Right. So you just need the 22, you just add the 22 Arcana and then one extra for the Royal cards and then that's Tarot. It's, it's the Minor Arcana. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever have you ever taken out those cards from a Tarot deck and played poker and stuff? No. <laughs> I did that with my friend by Candlelight when the electricity went out once. Yeah. We were like, because we didn't have any playing cards, but she's like, oh, but we have Tarot cards. And I was like, oh, I can totally make playing cards out of that. We played Gin Rummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, all I'm saying is, you know, when you cross the abyss here, you're gonna get hit in the back of the head with a gun, and uh, she's gonna stick you in the in her trunk. That's that's her promise from kind of out of luck there. I've seen that album cover so many times before, and I never stopped and registered like the symbolism and the simplicity, because mm-hmm. you have because they're scattered, you know. It's just like it's like the I Ching reading spread out across the floor. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's the whole elegance of the tree, man. You you see all those connections. Right. Um. Like in the vision and the voice, it's Coronzon um, wants to rip out his throat, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's his aim is the throat, not the head. Well, I guess the throat and the head would be uh, mm-hmm. not, the other shocker in the in the, in the throat. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's you're squawking like a pink monkey bird, I guess. As far that's as maybe, the, that's the voice, maybe keep your mouth shut. Anyways, and uh. Synchronistically, she's also touching the back of her head in uh, this picture. That's a little sick there. Totally. Anyhow, so she's saying, you know, she's she's a Columbine type figure. She's always playing. And I've lived a lot of different lives. Strange quote there. Did she actually say she's a Columbine figure? You see that somewhere? That's a quote? Well, no, but she says she's playful. And then she says that pink flamingos fascinate her. So it's like she's embracing this camp aesthetic, you know? So, you know, those on camp, Susan Sontag. Yeah, okay, but, yeah. So, but yeah, like Susan Sontag uh, says that, you know, high campus, one of the highest forms of art after all. And, you know, everyone who uses high campus very serious about what they're doing, even if they're doing it in a non-serious kind of way. And that's how we should take a lot, really. She's, she's high, high camp. It, which, which same, is, with, same with the jukebox musical, right? Like uh, that whole idea. Um, elucidate. As as high camp, you know, like a, a, that 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 sort of repulsion that Doug was talking about, watching that, um, which I could sense it at the at the beginning as well, you know. The, uh, what jukebox the, musical are you talking the about? The jukebox musical, the Lazarus musical, right? Like the, oh, right, right, yes, right. okay. Yeah, hmm. and um, she says what she's doing is not pop music again. It's a psychological music endeavor where she's channeling through her performances, not just right. regular performances. Lyrically, they're complicated psychological 
factors that play into some of my stuff right now, but I just want to say this culture is super sick right now. So yeah. she's not a fan of the culture. So Yeah, totally. I, she's a McKenna type. Yeah, yeah, right. So so I mean people have been have been using McKenna against her and it's like she's not a fan of the culture, okay? Right. Word. Culture is not your friend, but um she's not a friend of culture, okay? She's you know, subversively influencing culture here. But this is interesting, like like she has her own unique vocabulary. But if you look at her vocabulary, it, it's it's very close to Bowie's vocabulary. As far as like the symbols she uses, mm-hmm. um, this, like the symbol set. So she says it's unique, but when you compare it to Bowie's, they're very similar. What was the, what was the place where she met, where she references Crowley Crowley directly with the Crowley age being done or whatever? What song is that? Um, it's, it's Get Free on Lust for Life. Right. Wow. Wow, dude, that's crazy, and it's Lust for Life. Exactly. Because you're lust. like Lust is the pathway between Chesed and Gavora. Well, right. Lust, lust is the card of Babylon. So she's saying that she is Babylon by becoming mm-hmm. lust for life. Mm-hmm. And Beauty and the Beast is the first. Where, song where was which album was the, that Iggy Pop song on? Was that the Idiot? Or? Um, which song? Lust for Life is on Lust, lust. for Life. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just called that. Okay. It's an album. Then, they have the same Nathan, albums by the same name. A long yeah, time yeah. had gone by. It was like statute of limitations. You know, hey, I can do Lust for Life too. Well, yeah, but that's, that's like a deliberate appropriation there. It's like uh, Iggy has his lesser life, and now I'm going to take it from him. Right. Because, you know, Jim, Jim is Jim is E-Pop. So it's like, well, Jim Oh, right. Up. Oh, that's deep, and, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is like the magical working going on with with their albums. Mm-hmm. Dig it. Yeah. So, so Bowie said that if he could be a female artist, he would want to come back as Ronnie Spector. <laughs> wow. So, I gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so his favorite art, favorite female artist is Ronnie Spector, and if he could be a female artist, he would be Ronnie Spector. <laughs> what an interesting question! Yeah, in the yeah. first place to pose but, and have him answer, and then with what everything you're talking about, that's a trip. But but see, that's why reality has all these clues on it, because on reality, he's got to try some bicep, which he says is a Ronnie Spector tribute. So uh, he's he saying, you know, I'm I'm playing Ronnie Spector here. Uh huh. Yeah, I see it. And then on um, Lust for Life, the song by Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. in the video, we see her as Ronnie Spector. Right. Totally. And she's doing this weird this weird uh, little hand gesture here. Right. That looks like something that... You're, you're going to... You... Uh, yeah, I, I got lost here. It looked like one of the OTO kind of stances or whatever when they do well, their it's, different it's, things. It, Crowley does that, right? But, but yeah. also Bowie like does the, that. That's, that's Bowie his, does uh, that too, yeah. Isn't, isn't uh, that like related to the uh, by hook or by crook thing with the like that the pharaoh holds the... Yeah, the, the, the Osiris. Yeah, the Osiris. Uh, yeah, it's like they collect the sheep or whatever. What is that thing called? Yeah, Little but Pope Bowie... has one. Bowie has like a famous... Uh, picture of him doing that as well as he started us, you know? Right. Yeah. With the same pose. Uh, so it's, it's like saying she's raised from the dead, I guess. Mm. Yeah, or maybe it's like wings or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, she's all in red here. So mm-hmm. she's saying, you know, I'm a scarlet woman and I'm, uh, I've got the, the wings mm. of either Hadith or um, Osiris Rosen, depending on how you want to look at that. I, I you know, she took this photo just to drive home the point that she's been Ronnie Spector here. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and then in Twin Peaks, 
they've got like there's Laura Palmer and then there's also Ronette Pulaski as the other girl who gets murdered. Oh, right. So the the Ronette uh, connection runs very deeply through this. Because, I mean, even Ultraviolence is, is, you know, like like a big Phil Spector tribute. I mean, it's it's to a Crystal song, but, you know, the Phil Spector thing is throughout. Huh. Could you elaborate on that? Well, I mean, He Hit Me and It Felt Like a Kiss is also a Crystal song by Phil Spector. Okay. Phil Spector. He produced it, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and, you know, like the, the drums are, is very like Phil Spector, Be My mm. Baby kind of thing, you know, on, huh. on that track. Huh. You got me? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm processing it. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even on uh, Lolita, her uh, Born to Die song, she says, would you be my baby? So, so again, Ronnie Spector, she's saying she's Ronnie Spector, basically. <laughs> you know, you'd kiss my fruit punch lips. And, uh, man, she punched me like a dude. That's uh, Bowie's response to that. So, mm-hmm. again, she hit me, and it felt like a kiss. Mm-hmm. So I can maybe skip forward just so I can get somewhere here. She says, you know, I've had, like, a long-time interest in all things ancient and occult, like so many people. And I draw on a little bit of that inspiration for my music. So, uh, I mean, she's just saying blatantly here that, you know, her music has an occult basis. Mm-hmm. She's maybe under, underplaying it a little, but, you know, she's saying it's there. So we're not just uh, stabbing in the dark here. This is right. all intentional on her part. Sure. And uh, then, then I love this uh, picture of Bowie here with this big question mark next to uh, Kimura. He's like, man, this is going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Yeah, he put a question mark next to Gavora. It's true. There's that... What is that book um, from Crowley where he traverses the pathways? It's called it's called Aha, and it's got like and he starts it out with saying that the exclamation point followed by the question mark was like said it all or whatever. <laughs> Have you seen that book? The book of lies. I think that's the book of lies, Aha. isn't it? Or Aha, maybe uh, he repeats yeah. it in Book of Lies. I don't know. I'll get back to it later. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at the same time he he's he's taking this photo, you know he's also making well I mean a year later he makes the idiot with a uh, sister midnight on it. So you kind of get the the sense that maybe he really had a long term plan here as far as things go. Mm. Like, yeah. like if he's making the idiot in 1977 with sister midnight on it, and it's gonna like parallel an album from freaking 2014 mm. that, that's a well i mean i'm getting ahead of myself here and then um yeah just to make this point again is the idiot by dostoevsky is is about christ is about christ coming in mm-hmm. modern russia at the time and then right, nietzsche, right. nietzsche directly gets inspired by dostoevsky's the idiot and then in his book the antichrist he calls christ the idiot um, mm-hmm. That's right. I read that. Um, meaning, meaning. Well, he said Nietzsche said there's only one Christian. That was Christ, right? Like the right. Um, mm-hmm. Christ was the one who wasn't filled with resentment, which was his whole problem with Christianity, and that's what's being echoed through Crowley. I think 
and then Parsons afterwards, right? Sure. Yeah, they got they got one specific beef, and that's pretty much it. What you just said. Right. Huh. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. he, he, the church was the antichrist, basically. And that's what that's what Dostoevsky said too: is the, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. He didn't include the Russian Orthodox Church because um, it it didn't compromise with secular authorities. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they know it's the word of God because it was canonized. I mean, come on. The European <laughs> canon is here. <clears throat> yeah, so he has this uh, peculiar line in the next day, when the black girl and guitar burn together hot in rage, and then a love of violence, a dread of sighs. So, uh, there's there's like a, a combination going on there of the ultra and the violence as... Uh, again, like a glyph of the last card as Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Seems to be the implication there. And then in Scary Monsters, again, is, is the key track here. Jamie's guitar sound, Jealousy Scream. Just, mm. That's another combination of energies. So this is the this is the whole like arcane working going on beyond behind his music here. And, and so he's kind of playing this like Harlequin role because in um, the... Uh, Piro in Turquoise, there's there's actually three characters. Because so, there's there's Piro and there's Harlequin and there's Columbine. And then like Harlequin is the actual lover of Columbine. So that's why like Valentine is the the interface for mm. um Sister Midnight. Okay. See it's a, see this is all very esoteric. Sister Midnight, is it? Yeah, Sister Midnight on uh, The Idiot. And, and oh. so, like, Bowie gives Iggy this song, because he wrote it, and he's performing it on the Station to Station tour. Then he gives it to Iggy to put on his Idiot album. And so, like, he's just using Iggy, pretty much, for his magical working as, like, a glyph of the fool. So he's Piro, and Iggy Pop is Harlequin. Dude, I keep fucking. Oh my god. This is probably uh, it's probably syncing up also with uh, Kerouac's book of poetry called Old Old Angel Midnight. Maybe which so. Is, which oh, okay. is his his spontaneous version of Finnegan's Wake. Oh. oh hmm. Dude, I I have to say that I'm having something happen here where I'm like, okay, Malcolm McDowell was in blue what no what is it called uh underground velvet un, velvet velvet gold mine mm. um, ewan mcgregor is in velvet, in uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. ewan mcgregor is in velvet gold mine i'm not tripping on that that's true right yeah you said malcolm mcdowell before so. yep. oh no malcolm mcdowell no, no i didn't mean to say malcolm mcdowell i meant to say ewan mcgregor and then ewan mcgregor was in what was oh, was in train spotting where it's just super iggy pop focused where they're like mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then and then in Train Spotting, when they're talking about Iggy Pop, mm-hmm. they're in the Malaco Milk Bar type place. They have the same writing that's in A Clockwork Orange all over the walls. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the mm-hmm. m- the Milk Bar scene in Train Spotting. And then what was the thing? Oh, mm. and then so yeah, and then you were making another connection with A Clockwork Orange. Um. Yeah. Was it with Bowie? What what's going on with the Clockwork Orange? Well, Tell me. He, he well, I mean, uses... ultraviolence did. Ultraviolence. Ultra yeah, 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 yeah. 
and beyond that with Bowie too. What was the thing? Well, he, he uses the language in, in what song? Yeah, that's from Station to Station, right? Like, oh, the Droog language, the Nadsat? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. On Blackstar, he's got this whole song written in uh, Nadsat language. Right. Oh, that's right. That's what it is. Thank you. I'm just seeing that, like, all the, like, Iggy Pop and Bowie and, like, even, like, the film stuff. Like, it seems like they're all just kind of playing with the same. They're just so related. Yeah, because they're all part of this working. You know, this this uh, Babylon working that's going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, it's some great work shit, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's come up for me as a question, right? Like, can you can you can you make a center to that, right? Like some people centered it with Kubrick or or like uh, or, or Bowie or any anybody else, right? Like, it, is it Lada is the working is the going is the working going through everything? Is is there any center? I think it's that this Lada is a mythology. Is the center, this is your okay. life, right? And their lives are recorded. I'm sorry. Excuse me. This girl is the center. That, that's the thing. Oh. At the center of it all, your eyes. Ooh, you said it. Well, yeah, except, yeah. What's in the, the temple, thing? What's... In the temple of all men. Or all... All, all of them. What is the word? Or in the, the temple of all, all men. In the villa of all men, yeah. In the yeah. villa of all men. What is that? Do you, guys, you guys are hip to all this better than I am. What is that? Well, there's different interpretations, but he, he originally wrote down all men. Right. right. Oh. But, okay. uh. So okay. so that makes me think that the center is in everywhere. You know, there is no, it's, it's not focused well, on a certain person. Right? Well, no, I, I mean, the center is the same center as Babylon is the universal heart. Sure. It's just not difficult to it's, explain. It's Nuit, uh, yeah. But, right. um, I mean, but, ba- but, but Babylon's but, all about the, the replication. So it's the, it's the, it's what we manufacture. It's like us trying to build our own successor. That's the problem with Babylon. And Babylon is is, uh, the greatest thing. It's like if you do, if you do meditation and the deeper that you go where there's actually space where your thought mind is actually clear, when your mind comes back in, it gets more elaborate. So that's where you get visions where you can't tell, like, you know how, like when you formulate a thought, there's like a split second of formulation, but like when images just start coming at you and you just start getting like elaborate visionary shit, that'll happen in meditation because it's your mind reacting to the space or not reacting to, but like demonstrating what it's capable of. So Babylon is like that demonstration of like imagination and what is, what, what, what can be manufactured but there's this attachment that we have that's like attached to the fear of death that we want to build our successor and that's the problem where freaking technology and biology get get compounded in such a way that people treat them as though all the rules that like if you're a tech person and you know technology you'll go to apply that to biology as though they were the same and they're not the same and that's what relates to like the Klepo mirroring Tetragrammaton in kind of a distorted way because it can't quite mm-hmm. be that. That's why the star of Babylon is not a perfect vector metric because it's like a makeshift version of that shape, you know, of it's, the star. I, I think for my thesis, you're going to have to put that interpretation aside because I think mine's a little different. <laughs> okay. With the other, like, I don't, B-A-B-A and not uh, B-A-B-Y as you seem to be uh, discussing Oh, oh, I see what you're saying, but yeah, yeah, Gaga, yeah, okay. I mean, what we're, ta- it's, what we're talking it's, about, it's it's very similar, right? Like they, you revise the spelling because for 
um, reasons of gematria, right? But the, I think it's the same. It's the same archetype, Babylon and Babylon, right? Like it's it's, yeah, it's I, the I shadow side of Jerusalem. About... No, I think I get your meaning, though. I think I know what you're getting at, because there's another there's another side to this, because it's not like we're talking about. You know, I don't know. I, I, look, I, look, David, yeah, David, yeah, go for I'm it. talking about the Scarlet Woman. Okay, I'm trying to trying to explain this. Okay. The embodiment of the human female of the Supreme Kala, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lana has the song, "My Pussy Tastes Like Pepsi Cola." Yeah. That is actually a key song. Uh huh. Cola. <laughs> because yeah, she's not talking about an actual pussy or actual cola. She's talking about the Kala because the. Uh, the uh, efflux from the other side of the tree. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm digging it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and you know, people always complain. You know, she's always talking about having a red dress on in her songs. Right, right, right. Yeah. And you know, that's deliberate because she's saying that she's the Scarlet Woman. <laughs> no, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it yeah. many times too, Jason. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, <laughs> the critics are like, why, why does Lana keep talking about her stupid red dress? And it's like. You guys gotta study your Crowley, then you'll know. Where do you get the the seven 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 here? Is this what is that? Did you put this together? What is this? No, no, I just found this picture on the internet. And somebody just put seven 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 there with it. Yeah, yeah. That, that I I love this like spontaneous folk art, you know, because it just reveals so much, just like in these like spontaneous arrangements. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, light, the light like, the lightning flash with Star Girl there. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> why did someone think to put the seven 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 here? And then you got all the <laughs> dress pictures. So I, I just love the thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's yeah, probably it's just, Will Morgan. He hasn't just he just hasn't seen this to tell us, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I was trying to explain to Will about like why uh, you know Ray is uh, Mary Sue in Star Wars, but he doesn't listen to me. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, when she says, did you did you tell him this in text writing form, or did you say this in a in a verbal con- conversation? Um, it, it was the the sync book. Uh, the I mean the the kitchen sink, but uh, he was he was more into Kanye business than the man. Yeah, but. I think that there's something stupid about social media communication sometimes, where it's like if you just have a freaking talk, you have an entirely different experience. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, I'm just yeah. like uh, um I'm just gonna write this in a blog. It'll, it'll make more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. But anyways, but at <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It doesn't need to make sense. There's a bunch of yeah, pictures yeah. that uh, that uh, fit together. Yeah, the point is cherry coke again. The side effects of the cocaine. And yeah, cherry is hoty, but we'll get to that later. Like Wait, what are the what are the side effects of cocaine? Oh, I mean, in station to station, you know, it's not the side effects of cocaine. Uh huh. I'm thinking that it must be love, and you know, cherry coke. So there's a double meaning there of coke and kalas, as mm-hmm. uh, the uh, supreme kala of the uh, Scarlet Woman as the uh, Where, what is that? What is that excerpt from? What is that? This Where is from Kenneth that? Grant. Oh, there Kenneth we Grant, go. Kenneth Grant. Okay. Uh, Outside the circles of time. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna need to see something cited yeah. beyond him, but that's still yeah. interesting. No, 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 man. Like Kenneth Grant is is the key here. Yeah, but he's a, he's a tricky one because he's so loaded with you know, um, like like he'll he'll when oftentimes not always but oftentimes kenneth grant will have a big long argument and at the beginning of the argument he sets up the parameters and there'll be some fucking giant flaw like he'll base something on gematria and then it'll be fudged and then you're like following along and you're like wait a minute this was all foundational upon this thing and this yeah, thing doesn't no, actually no. work but everything else seems to follow it's like what the no fuck? no that that's because kenneth grant is not talking about what do you think he's talking about he's talking about creating a freaking star child slash moon child 
That is what yeah, I mean. I've, I've, yeah, no. So basically, what happened was, is I, I freaking torrented like every mm-hmm. Kenneth Grant book, and like I was all like, oh wow, I'm looking up the prices of some of these books because there's so so few of them published. You know, I'd be like, holy mm-hmm. shit, this book is worth thousands of dollars, and I just torrented a, a, a PDF of it, mm-hmm. and I go and I go and I'm reading it, and like the book of the spider thing or whatever. I'm like, dude, what is this guy on, man? Dude, I don't dude, know. that's 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 the glass spider from uh, Okay, Never Let Me mm-hmm. Down. Get it? <laughs> is it maybe the spiders on Mars is a reference to Kenneth Grant's book of the spider? I don't know. I, th- I think Last Spider is more directly. Uh, okay. Kenneth Grant. Yeah, I don't know what the hell, man. Yeah. No, no, no. Like Kenneth Grant is. What was it? The, the the Eden one? What was it? The sh- the dark side of Eden or the, the shade of Eden? Eden? Yeah. Um. Soon Kenneth we'll be Grant. talking Lovecraft, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing led to another. They start on <laughs> Kenneth Grant. Next thing you know, they're in Tentacle City. <laughs> no, no. Like, uh, now you got me going on here. Uh, where the hell is it? Uh, high by the beach. Giant squid attacks Malibu house. That, so you the... you say you saw a bitter moon. With with the thing, did you catch the like the get high by the beach right before she she's looking at the palm trees in the magazine when she's on the plane, and then he ditches her when he pretends to have like an aneurysm or whatever's going on, and like then she she like she goes, but you know she's going to someplace tropical, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Emmanuel Siner's character, but then but you don't actually see that you see her come back once he's gotten in the accident, and that that part where freaking uh, Peter Coyote is in the um hospital bed after the accident and it's that one song that's just like poetry where she's talking about time and mm-hmm. she's you know time present and time past or both present perhaps and time future and time future is whatever contained in time past or whatever and then like it's it, it says it what op- one door opens and into the rose garden and she's like she it's like as she opens the door and then she's holding the flowers uh, it's just that part is like oh my god that's like a holy moment for me it's crazy mm. you saw that yeah, uh-huh. but I was supposed to be focused on on on, on her wearing the red dress all the time, because that <laughs> that was my whole thing. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking high by the beach. If you zoom in on the magazine here, giant squid mm-hmm. attacks my house. Oh then, my god, you're right. And then, and then what does so it say? Funny. Scarlet, <laughs> starlet, scarlet goes. And yeah, starlet goes overboard. Scarlet goes overboard. <laughs> Frankly, starlet, I don't give a damn. And her finger sort of looks like a tentacle here too. Well, the, the weird thing about the High by the Beach video is that nothing happens in it, but then if you look at the magazine, there are all these hidden messages in it. But you've got to, like, download, like, the... So I had to download the, the high-def uh, 1080p version just to see the the hidden stuff that she inserted into the video. Because if you just watch it, like, nothing really happens in it. She's just, like, leaving through a magazine and then gets out again. But this that's is where a, that's a find, though, Jason. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's interesting here. The uh, the tentacle completely lines up with her mouth too, right? And she's got something. Yeah, it looks like something's dripping out of her mouth. Her mouth or oh no, no, she's yeah. got something in her hand. Oh, she's lighting a cigarette. What is oh, that? Lighting mean? a cigarette. Well, yeah, of course. She's, it's Lana. She's on. Now, what is that? What is she doing? She's got something in her hand. Is I don't know what it is. It, is it, it must a, be lighting a cigarette. Oh, it is a lighter, and that is a cigarette. Yeah. Okay, I see it. Never mind. And then the tentacle's going down right to her mouth. That, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas that that sinks for the the celebrity couple of twisted antics and uh stars are out tonight. Anyway, what, what is what is that? That's that's the man who fell to Earth in the corner. Yeah, yeah. And that's in the Lana Del Rey video. No, no, that's that's in the stars are out tonight. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Derp, derp, derp. 
So anyways, the point is she's secretly referencing Kenneth Grant in High by the Beach. At least my opinion is. Huh. With the I mean, it would make sense that they would be looking at the what, where, you know, the more re- recent esoterica. I, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think everybody would be attracted towards Kenneth Grant. Like, mm-hmm. just you, you want to go as weird as you can, right? So, right, and that's pretty damn weird. Yeah. Yeah. Filled with inaccuracies, but oh well. Well, I, again, like Kenneth Grant is not talking about what you think he's talking about here. I no, I'm just talking I mean, about so, math. You know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like when like, you're working out the math and you're like, let me write this down and see if it set actually equals what he says it equals, and you're like, that's not the same number. What are you talking about? I'll do it three he more fails times. Fails at math. This guy's just trying to confuse you so you don't understand what he's really getting at. <laughs> Maybe. I'm open. Yeah, so I mean, Kenneth Grant is saying here that Parsons opened a door and something flew in. Right. So he's saying, like, we've got this passage here that Parsons legitimately received the fourth chapter of the Book of the Law. Or he's implying it, at least. Mm-hmm. Very strongly implying it, because various right. aspects of this doctrine have been developed since Crowley's day. And then says, later phases of this cosmic initiation were recorded by John Cameron Parsons. He received, as they claimed, fourth chapter of Al. L. Al. And so. Well, it's L for Elohim, right? I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Lieber, you can and call then, me Al. And this starts the whole UFO flap and then the. Uh, the man That's where it all goes. Every, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so Kent Grant is saying that. Uh, these things, Crowley's and Akkad's, um, he's a big fan of Frater Akkad, who uh, prophesied the, the start of the Ion of Mott. Mott. Well, wasn't wasn't Akkad the one who did flip the tree and then Crowley hated it and insulted him a bunch? Oh, probably. Um, yeah. Like, I, it seems like Kenneth Grant is only really interested in Mott. I think Akkad wrote the chemical marriage, mm-hmm. the alchemical marriage or something. Is that what it is? What is it? Uh, the Bride's Reception, you mean? The Bride's Reception, thank you, that's it, yeah. That book is actually really helpful if you just want one to, like, just look at the gematria and what the things correspond to. Just, like, in that book, it just has these, like, kind of perfect layouts of that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so, but, but, but Kent Madison, that, uh, so, the working uh, gives forth these, the 40s um, from Lieber L, and then this fulminates in Hiroshima, preparing the way for the 80s that tower before me and are based. Yeah, you're right. This is crazy. So that was the thing, is that Bowie was born in the 40s and Lana was born in the 80s. Right, mm-hmm. so Kenneth Grant is saying that something's going to happen in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, But he's referencing Lieber L, right, with that. What yes, is the yes, actual I, quote I, from Lieber I shall, L? With I shall the go back to uh, Lieber L. Bell Legas here, if I can. Yeah. All right. So in Libra Out, we have the line, I am the warrior lord of the 40s. The 80s cower before me and are abased. Right. I will bring you to victory and joy. Yeah. So uh, my, uh, my suspicion here is that David Bowie is the warrior lord of the 40s. Right. We but when make... he's, it's key when he says in my strength, because that's that you have Libra Oz. And that determines what strength we're talking about. So you know that it's 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 Lieber Oz is actually should be called Lieber On. That's kind of the joke of the thing. Yeah, the thing is that in in the Book of Babylon, if we turn to the end, 
it says, set my star upon your banners and go forward in joy and victory. So this this is saying that this line is connected to uh, the line in Lieber L about the 40s and the 80s bringing you victory and joy. Right. That, that's the key there. Mm. And of course it says that Babylon is the joy and her brother will prepare the way for her and he is victory. Right. So that is how we can kind of uh, deduce. Is that like Netzach and Hode? You could kind of argue that, right? I'm not going to argue it. You're not? <laughs> you can just not joy and victory? Oh, you, yeah. can, you can do it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. So you're saying there's a, a brother-sister relationship as well? Right, right. That's what the Book of Babylon says. That, so, um, were you saying something? Sorry. I, no, I was just I was just saying like in the in the in the musical in the Lazarus musical, it's it's sort of implying a father father daughter relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess I, I, it it could be both, you know. Like it's it's like if we're talking Finnegan's Wake, all those relationships come into play. Right, right. right. And I mean, Donna's always talking about a mysterious daddy figure. But what the yeah. Book of Babylon says is, the seal of my brother is upon the earth, and his avatar is before you. There is threshing of wheat and a trampling of grapes that shall not cease until the truth be known unto the least of men. Right, unto, Beyond, unto the least of men. That's the that's the hierophant thing. Yeah. Well, right, but then in, in Lazarus, uh, Bowie says, "Everybody knows me now." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was important that everybody knew him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Huh. So he, he informed the world of what was going to happen, even if no one understood what he was saying. Yeah, there's also there's also the aspect of Tetragrammaton just being like a father, a, a mother, a son, and a daughter, and mm-hmm. the the uniting mm-hmm. of the son and the daughter to bring together the mother and the father, the horizontal. Oh, when the vertical, the relationship between the vertical and the horizontal, to bring about the the next thing. So it's basically like pushing out a child, basically, is the whole mm-hmm. point. And like we we as a species are in the process of pushing out this other child. Meanwhile, we're trying to manufacture the child because we don't trust in our own organism. You know, we're afraid of what's going to happen to the organism. So but we don't get that the thing just continues, which I think is really kind of the ironic point of like of like when he says he lives forever because he's known. And then you're like, no, that's still dot. That's not that's not the crown. And it's certainly not Ainsof. So it's like, but again, again, again. That, that's not how that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that because the book of Babylon says there is threshing of wheat and tramping grapes that shall not cease until the truth be known unto the least of men, he has to make himself known to everyone and announce what's going to happen. Right, so but that's, a, not, that's, not the, that's not the end of it. That's the same thing Crowley was doing when he, dis, when he distinguishes between he's like, yeah, there's the one who's coming and I'm the messenger. Right, right. Yeah, so he, he's a messenger. And, and again, that, that's the Aladdin same kind of thing where like... He, he's there to be like an interim kind of thing, and and that that you know, that's what uh, watch that man on Aladdin saying is kind of about where you know he's only taking care of the room. Right, but he doesn't want knowledge; he wants certainty, and that applies to other right. people too, right? But but again, Bowie said that that was kind of a ironic kind of thing. So. Yeah, well, there's also Bowie said station to station had no deeper meaning or right, whatever, right, too, right. or whatever. Uh, I mean, any, any song that Bowie tries to discount, I'd be listening to more closely. <laughs> so, right, right, but fuck, try to follow my train of thought here. I'm trying to follow. 
Okay. I just have my I have my own train of thought too, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, like in the book of Babylon, Babylon is joy, and her brother is victory. So, if we then you know compare that to the book of the law, we can see some parallels there. Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Forties as victory is the brother of Babylon, who's going to come before her and prepare the way for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's far out. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. He said, "Not let him not seek out." What does it say about seeking after this? What, is, what the fuck does he say in the book of the law? Yeah, um, yeah, um, that's important. Um, then this line drawn is a key. Then this circle squared in its failure is a key also. And abracadabra, it shall be his child in that strangely. Let him not seek after this, for thereby alone can he fall for it. Mm-hmm. So, like if we, if you read aloud this line. Then this line drawn is a key. Then the circle squared in its failure is a key also. So it shall be his child. You're right. So it's saying that the line is going to have a child, and his child is the circle. And he should not seek after the circle, or else he will fall from it. Hmm. And that that just makes logical sense, right? I'm just I'm I'm thinking John D stuff. I might be sidetracked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to follow it. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at it many times, but every time I look at it, I see it differently. So, well, I I I believe this is the correct interpretation. The problem is that I keep having to buy new copies of Lieber L because I keep setting them on fire every time I finish them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little joke for Lee myself. <laughs> As you should, right? <laughs> oh man, you know I really like Colin Wilson, you know, the Outsider and everything, but his book on Crowley is absolute crap. Oh, the the one in the occult. The Maybe not absolute crap, but it's relative. The, the section crap. in the occult, you mean? He, uh, he did his book, The Occult, or whatever. But there's yeah. like he did like an auto. He did not auto. He did a biography about Crowley, and it's not very good. Oh, whatever. Yeah. The section in the occult on Crowley is not not so good either. I think it's. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise it's very, me. It's very moralistic, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like it's like, dude, this guy you wrote you wrote your best book, like your first book in your twenties, and then it's like everything else is is worth reading, but it's just like, dude, that was your best thing that you ever did was like your first one. Did you really write that? What the hell? Mm. I think he really wrote it, but mm. no, yeah, it's got so, to, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm skipping around here now, but the implication is the line is going to square the circle. Mm-hmm. And then on the back of Space Oddity, we have this uh, mysterious uh, picture here called The Width of a Circle. So that's the name of this, uh, this illustration here on the back of Space Oddity, mm-hmm. where we've got the Pyro embracing this, this old lady, and then up in the sky, we've got the, the crack in the sky in the hand reaching down to him. And then over here, we've got these two spacemen. Two brothers? They're the freaking really brothers, and they're, they're spacemen. Romulus and Remus. Yeah. So mm. this is the Star Trek with a look. Yeah. So um, how David Bowie described the Beardy Brothers in 1971 was it's Star Trek in a leather jacket. So here are the two Beardy Brothers in their leather jacket spacesuits, I guess. So that's going to be important later. Well, that looks like Leonard Cohen meditating. I'm sorry. I just I'm looking at his face. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Zoom, zoom in, maybe. I'm curious. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I'm trying here. Oh, no. That looks like Tikhon Han now. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, there's some minor interesting there things is. in here. There he is. 
So you're saying that's Iowa? So that's the idea? I thought it was lamb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Der. Yeah, no, lamb, not Iowa. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, but uh, lamb is important in Kenneth Grant as well because he says that uh, lamb I mean, he, becomes. Yeah. He literally Obama. thinks he's an extraterrestrial, right? Like he's relating to it like alien shit, from what I remember. Right. His ship is oh. an egg or whatever. What does he say? But, but he he says take, a lot of things. But his whole take it's on all the, the egg. His whole take on the extraterrestrials, right, is is just they're extra dimensionals that that we interpret as extra as as being flying saucers and space aliens. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're they, that, I don't know if it's him. <laughs> it's funny. This is such a weird thing to say. I can't remember if it's Kenneth Grant. <laughs> Or if it's the ex-Secretary of Defense for Canada that said the greys are really interdimensional beings, that what we perceive as the greys is an organic suit that they generate in order to communicate with this dimension. It's so weird that I have Mm -hmm. to say, I can't remember if that was the ex-Secretary of Defense of Canada or Kenneth Grant. I don't think it was Kenneth Grant, because he was more uh, mystical about it. Yeah. yeah, It could could be like Jack Valet or somebody. Mm, whatever it's just i don't know kenneth grant's into aliens man he's just like george washington in that way yeah but but he's writing in riddles here like he doesn't want you to be he doesn't want to be understood by the common man because he's talking about like some big voodoo (laughs) coming down here you know i can i can appreciate that he had to have gone through probably a lot to be in his position so it's like, oh, well, let's listen to what somebody who went through that would have to say, you know? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I always... You don't just uh, hand that shit over, right? I mean, that's like a whole crazy process. Well, right. I mean, I always ignored Kent Brown because I said he was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm right with you here. We we, we had a um, we had a, a guest on Always Record who was friends with him. Um, um, can uh, can t- you get him back on? Yeah, actually, I was... I, uh, Thomas, like, Thomas freaking- something. Thomas set, Brown. Set up Tom, this fucking Thomas Newton. No, no, it's Thomas Brown. We interviewed Thomas Brown, and he was friends with Kenneth Grant, and he had all, uh, he had, you know, he had m- many interactions with him. All right, uh, send him this post. I, I want, I want to know how crazy he'll take it. Because... Yeah, I'm not on Facebook anymore, and I, I don't know, but uh, you can, you can oh. track him down too. He, uh-huh. he's accessible. I mean, I'd really like to talk about this with a Thelema, you know, but it's like going on like a Thelemic forum. I don't think they take it well because this is a little too far out for them. Well, you should, you should listen to that old always record with uh, Thomas Brown. Yeah, I will now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he'll, he'll say some stuff about Kenneth Grant in there. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know what though? I, I almost don't want to recommend that to you because like, I can't stand to listen to my old fucking interviews. Okay. I can't even stand to listen to interviews. I I did last week. I'm like, I disagree with half the shit I say. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to listen to this because at least a quarter it, so. of it. <laughs> for real <clears throat> yeah so i mean personally i i was never a fan of kenneth grant but this guy has the keys here and especially like twin peaks um if you watch season three that's that's also very kenneth grant influenced mm. um with the mauve zone that that's a big part of season three of twin peaks and in the secret history of twin peaks the um book by mark frost he talks about the Babylon working as a big part of the secret history underlying the, the whole narrative of the show. Can you give me some kind of relative uh, breakdown of like anything that you see with David Bowie's character in Twin, Twin Peaks and how it relates to this this stuff? 
It all freaking relates, man, because Jeffrey yeah, but, is, is working on the Judy project. Re so, re yeah, refresh me. I can't remember. Well, he says um, we're not going to talk about Judy. Right. And Judy. Okay. Uh, we're, we're sort of getting a little ahead of ourselves. So let, let's get back to the Babylon working. Okay, whatever. Uh, just for a second. So, anyways, my thesis here, since we got so far ahead of ourselves, is if you didn't tune in last week, um, Jack Parsons received the Book of Babylon as Libra 49, which Kenneth Grant believes is an authentic uh, fourth chapter of the Book of the Law, or at least, uh, you know, part of the cosmic initiation to bring about the Ion of Ma'at. So, if Kenneth Grant says that the Book of Babylon is an authentic text, you might want to pay attention because Kenneth Grant is woven all through this. So, in the Book of Babylon, the goddess Babylon declares her imminent manifestation and says she will take flesh as a devious song. Like, that's the first thing she says. She takes flesh as a devious song. So, Again, th there's a big musical component going on here as far as who Babylon will be. Mm -hmm. And then I, I found this weird blog where um, in the book of Babylon, it says one came as a man and was weak and failed. One came as a woman and was foolish and failed. But thou art beyond man and woman, my stars in thee, and thou shalt avail. So right in the book of Babylon, it kind of predicts that Jack Parsons is not going to be able to do the working. Mm -hmm. And Marjorie Cameron, the woman, um, was foolish and failed, so she couldn't do the working either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the one who is beyond man or woman, he will do the working. There's a star man waiting for you. <laughs> X freaking exactly. Mm -hmm. well, the, yeah, that's a, that's a thing Crowley always would, would call uh, Parsons a fool. Yeah, yeah, but, but Ken Grant is saying that uh, Crowley was wrong. Crowley didn't understand the Ion of Mars. He was too addicted to his Ion of Horus. Hey, he was so just like in his own time, you know. Oh, right. get, 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 get with the times, old man. Yeah, we're in the Crowley fucking Eon of Ma'at approaching here. You're like all back there and Horus the younger still. Yeah, Crowley was just like the Ion of Horus is going to be all about, you know, war and bloodshed and it's be great because I love war and bloodshed. Right, but what did what did Parsons have to say about that again? So so Par Parsons' view of the eon yes, is a uh, great dis applicable description, right? That's what this is about. Yeah, um, Parsons is saying, if we turn to the Book of Babylon, I guess I'll do it on a poster. <laughs> All right. The present age is under the influence of the force called, in magic terminology, Horus. This force relates to fire, Mars, and the sun. That is the power, violence, and energy. Mm -hmm. so, that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. And being innocent. And then David Rioli has a song, Baby Universal, mm -hmm. where he says, Now that he has no sense of designation, now he's running for the love of speed. When the child goes bad, it's no cause for celebration. So right there, he is talking about the Iron of Horus. Right. As the child that has gone bad. I can see it. This force is completely blind, depending on the men and women in whom it manifests and who guide it. Obviously, its guidance now tends towards catastrophe. And then David Bowie in Signet Committee has this line, and I see a child lean, 
laid slain on the ground as a love machine lumbers through desolation rows, plowing down man, woman, listening to its command, but not hearing anymore. So, again, he's talking about the Iron Forest and saying it's a blind forest. The catastrophic trend is due to our lack of understanding of our own natures. The hidden lusts, fears, and hatreds resulting from the warping of the love urge, which underlie the natures of all Western peoples, have taken the homicidal and suicidal direction. So, again, this is Valentine in uh, mm-hmm. the next day and, and in the, the Lazarus play. I'm not used to talking this much, sorry. What's this, yep. Is this, we're looking... What are we looking at in the in the type right there? That that's not in the picture is, type. What are we looking at? This is Jack Parsons talking. It is okay. That's what I thought. It seems really familiar. Okay. Yeah, in the Book of Babylon, this is what he says mm-hmm. about uh, mm-hmm. the Ion of Maat. This impasse is broken by the incarnation of a sort of force called Babylon. The nature of this force relates to love, understanding, and Dionysian freedom. So very Nietzschean. See, but this and, is weird though, because isn't it like the the eon of Horus is supposed to be like way like a long period that's like in well, the right. future, and we're well, just right. the chi- gestating we, child now. Yeah. This, so this is my question. So is is Kenneth Grant saying that uh, the eon of Mott succeeds the eon of Horus, or, or they both run parallel to to? A um, he's saying it's a parallel thing. So how does that work? Like what? Like what? Uh... Um, he says it's like in a mysterious fashion. I think that's actually the word he uses. Um, I'll have to consult the book here. Well, I've got it up here too. What uh, kind of drugs did Kenneth Grant have, man? Jesus. He was high on the Mozone, you know. I think it was like ayahuasca, maybe. <laughs> no, it's it like deadly nightshade. He was strung out. That's what she's talking about. That was his drug of choice. Was deadly nightshade. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, everybody knows that. He knows anything. It's not even esoteric. Kenneth Grant's love for Deadly Nightshade. <laughs> circles of Time. So have you just been like, have you just been, have you read all of this? Have you read all Circles of Time by Kenneth Grant? Yeah, but I need to read it like 10 more times. Oh my this, God. You've, you've read this all the way through? Oh my God. I, I tried to read it. Well, I read it uh, quite a few years ago and then I tried to go through it after this thing. But uh... This is like the key book here. Because you, you uh, but you have to understand what he's really saying. He's talking Isn't about that what Jesus. Christians say too about like the apostles and stuff. Sorry, never mind. Those who have um, eyes to hear, eyes to hear. Yeah, exactly. 